Hi, this is Randy Wimmer, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Sound Off podcast. Today, we're going to continue on with our founder series. And today, I have one of the most remarkable founders I think that I know um, here today, and that is Jeffrey Payne. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing great, Randy. Thanks for having me on. Hey, let's start off right now with your resume. We've known each other for about a year, but it wasn't until recently that I saw your full resume in its full glory. And again, you're one of the most credentialed human beings I know of. Can you can you share a little bit about your resume and kind of walk through that? Yeah, sure. So I was uh, born and raised in Reading, Pennsylvania. That's about an hour, 15 minutes northwest of Philadelphia. Um, graduated high school in 2000 and head down to the uh, uh, to Annapolis, Maryland, to become part of the Naval Academy class of 2004. I was a physics major at the Naval Academy, and then I was one of 25 new naval officers selected to go directly to graduate school. So uh, from 2004 to 2006, I earned a Master of Science degree in Material Science and Engineering from MIT. Uh, then head down to Charleston, South Carolina for the Navy's year-long uh, nuclear power training program, and then spent three years as an officer on board USS Rhode Island, which is a ballistic missile submarine out of Kings Bay, Georgia. Then finished my time uh, in the Navy uh, on the Chief of Naval Operations staff uh, and was uh, based out of the Pentagon. Uh, there I was part of a, a, a small two-man team that managed a $100 million military budget in support of submarine escape and rescue and Navy diving. And in that role, I really got to do some some, some really exciting things. Um, I was the, the Navy's representative to a submarine escape and rescue exercise off the coast of Spain and was sent to do a budget analysis at the Arctic Submarine Labs Ice Camp, which is on a, a frozen por portion of the Beaufort Sea which is, uh, you know, very close to the North Pole, had to take a small prop plane from uh, Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, uh, out to the ice camp. So that was all very exciting and, and a great experience. But I left the Navy in August of 2012 and moved to Philadelphia to start the, uh, the full-time uh, MBA program at the Wharton School at the University of, of Pennsylvania. When I was at Wharton, I, I focused on finance and operations and then once I graduated, I spent a year working uh, in operations at, at Amazon, and that was uh, you know, great, straight, pure operations uh, experience. But at that point, I, I wanted to transition into corporate finance and uh, uh, found a job working um, directly for the CFO of a small company called Vitalist, which is a software consulting firm right outside of Philly. Did that for two and a half years, really honed my financial skills uh, during that time. And then I, I took the entrepreneurial leap. I had a, a buddy from the Navy who was about to, to get out of the service and asked me to join him as his business partner in the Chicago area. And so, you know, I moved my my wife of just a few months out there and, and started the entrepreneurial process. And over three and a half years, he and I acquired three small businesses in the government services industry. My business partner served as CEO of those companies. I served as the CFO. And uh, that was a great way to get started in entrepreneurship. But, you know, in the midst of COVID, my wife and I decided we wanted to move back to the East Coast, which is home for us. So in, in, in 2021, uh, we went ahead and made that move. And, and that's when I, I just, you know, decided it was time to exit that partnership since I was relo relocating and take the next step in my entrepreneurial journey uh, at that point. 
Well, that concludes our podcast today. No, <laughs> no, wow, what a what a fascinating career to date. As a nuclear power submarine officer, I tell you, you all have a, a reputation of just going down in a you know in a in a, in a boat and just just living in, in a space that's really confined and it, it seems really boring, but your naval career sounds like it had to be one of the most exciting adventures, you know, going. Anytime that you're taking a prop plane and flying north from Alaska, that that's that's an adventure. Wow, what what an experience at, at every single step. Military, doing some crazy stuff with that, education. I'm telling you, I don't know anybody who has a degree, you know, from the Naval Academy, went to Nuke Power School, has a degree in engineering from MIT and an MBA from Wharton. You've you've got to be one of the most credentialed human beings around. And that kind of begs the question, too. Here you are. You're one of the most educated human beings walking around on this earth. And I would love to see how that education both benefited your entrepreneurial journey and how it was uh how it may have not have fully prepared you for it uh could you could you share a little bit about that yeah so so you know i've had a a diverse set of roles both you know in business and and in the military and and, and that sort of you know what what when i looked at what the next step in my entrepreneurial journey would be those uh, experiences really were a heavy influence because in those various roles, I saw how uh, integration of various systems within the organization was really uh, a huge key to success. So when, when, when you introduced me to the government contracting startup business model and I founded Accordant Federal, that was something I had very much in mind. And that was sort of the inspiration you know, I, I like to say that Accordant Federal is a systems integration company focused on information management solutions for government challenges. That that really that focus on integration really is product of, of of the various roles that I've held, both in business and in the military, and the you know the varied education I had. You know, spanning from physics to material science to to business school, where it was a focus on on, on finance and operations. So bringing those things together. Uh, to, to to meet complex government challenges is really what I what I decided to focus on in this the the the, the next step of my entrepreneurial journey with with Accordant Federal. The Accordant Federal, you have launched that literally from from the ground up. That is your baby. Now your other companies that you that you acquired, you know, your entrepreneurship through acquisition. Can you can you tell us? Uh, you know, share some some differences. And similarities between those two two efforts. Yeah, sure. So, so with entrepreneurship through acquisition, which uh, my business partner and I started back in in late 2017, um, you know, the, the what, what you're doing there is you're really evaluating a company that's already up and running, has a customer base, has revenue, um, and, and is already profitable. So, so, so the goal there is to acquire the company in a fashion. Where it will continue to to meet its its cash flow obligations under under your ownership, so it's really heavily focused on on due diligence of an existing entity, and that's an important skill set because in small business acquisition there are, there are an awful lot of risks. Small businesses have a lot of customer concentration, 
which, which is a risk. A lot of small businesses are also very much dependent on their owners. So when the owner leaves, will the business continue to function? I call that owner risk, and 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 that's a big one as well. So you know, but you you also have some advantages. You know, once you buy the company, you're not reinventing the wheel. Um, you know, with, with any startup company, including a government contracting startup such as Accord and Federal, you know, you, you don't have some of those risks that that you know are are from a previous ownership, but you do have to sort of build everything from scratch, and and that's just a different challenge. But we've done some things at Accord and Federal to really mitigate those risks, and and I'm sure we'll talk about those. Uh, here shortly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, it's my next question. Like you, um, your education, your personal credentials has given you the ability to perform across a very broad cross section of enterprises. You can step in, and because of your diverse experience and credentials, you can perform in a, just a, a wide spectrum of, of positions. And you've created a company with a court of federal that does the same things. The mission, the, the charter, the service offering of a court of federal, basically, it, it sounds to be like almost encompassing of the, the major strategic challenges by any organization, uh, the hard challenges. You know, how did you prepare a court of federal to, to have that same breadth and capabilities and perspective that you have? Well, you know, I, I think as the founder and CEO, one of my highest priorities w- w- was focusing on what our value proposition is. And our, I think about our value proposition uh, in, in, in three phases, at least at this uh, point in our corporate life cycle, right? So, so first is our, is our set-aside statuses, which allow us to immediately add value to any bid effort. And according federal is a service disabled veteran owned small business and has a pending hub zone certification. Um, so, so that's, that's how we get started. The, the second aspect of our value proposition I, I really falls to our ISO certifications. Um, and those ISO certifications are, were, were, were key, um, in terms of, you know, starting from scratch and, 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 and putting together an organization that can grow and and continue to, to function properly as it grows. Accordant Federal is certified uh, ISO 9001 uh, quality management systems, um, ISO 27001 information security management, and certified compliant with ISO 31000, which is risk management. We're in a small group of 0.01% of small businesses that have more than one ISO certification. And that has the benefit of, of giving us, um, you know, documented procedures that are uh, auditable and reviewable and repeatable, w- which really helps build our, our, our corporate culture uh, in, in a way that can continue to grow uh, and be successful. You know, the, the other issue is that that investment um, is a sign of corporate maturity. It signals that to the government customer, and it's substantive. It really, it really does mitigate risk uh, as we move the company forward. So, so those things are all very important, uh, both from a, a, a an operations point of view and from a, a business development point of view. Just, I think you're being a little modest with your ISO certifications. There are just literally just a handful of companies that have the ISO, you know, that are certified compliant with ISO 31000 risk management system. We're talking about like the IBMs of the world. Uh, we're talking about major uh, universities, elite universities. Uh, they they pursue 
compliance with ISO 31000. So you are in rarefied air with ISO uh, ISO 31000 compliance. And again, with information security management, wow, ISO 27001 is the hottest certification going right now because you can't pick up a newspaper and not see a headlines that deals with a cyber attack, a, a ransomware incident, a data leakage. Um, you know, and let's be honest with ourselves: 99% of all the data that you're going to find in DOD and the federal government as a whole is either going to be classified, controlled, unclassified, or PII. So yeah. that information security, you know, credential really does really does make a lot of people sleep better at night. So, so, you know, if you go to Accord and Federal's website at accordandfederal.com, you know, we have a case study there that examines the, the colonial pipeline cyber attack that occurred in May of 2021. You know, we've broken down the security failures, examined the root causes, and, and assessed measures that would have eliminated or mitigated the risks. You know, it turns out that mitigation process spans our entire capability set and that's why that, that that's a big part of the reason why I'm so focused on systems integration. You know, you don't want to have a, a government contractor who's very focused on certain aspects of cybersecurity come in and do very specific things. You need someone that you need a, a, a partner that's going to look up and down the operational value chain and, and identify problems you didn't even know you had. Um, if we look at the case of Colonial Pipeline, you know, these would have. These would have included inadequate training of personnel, which could have been mitigated through management consulting, hacker penetration data, which is related to data analytics, uh, and, and an inadequate disaster management plan, which is related to program management. So we've set our company up to, to, to think in that way, to, and, and that's what we mean when we say you know, we're a systems integration company. We, we want to look all the way up and down and identify all the problems, not just come in and 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 do a very specific task with blinders on. And that is a great way to explain the, the vast capabilities of your company is, is through a case study like that. Uh, because it it doesn't really resonate to the average person what this stuff means. But when you can say we're the company that would have prevented the colonial pipeline, you know, ransomware attack. Now now people understand it's like, oh, okay. Now I know how you apply to my business needs. And, and it's usually those needs that they're not even aware of, uh, you know, sadly. And that's where you can come in there and you can identify the risk and manage it and mitigate it and hopefully prevent it completely without having that devastating impact that the Colonial Pipeline had. I lived through that. I mean, I, I live in Northern Virginia and, and I was looking for gas stations that still had gas. So um, I, I appreciate that description of what it is that your that your company does. Tell me why and how you can add tremendous value to to damn near any any bid team out there. Yeah, so so I think the value that Accord and Federal adds as a small business uh, as a small business partner is you know in addition to our set aside statuses, in addition to our uh, ISO certifications. Uh, we really uh, offer the 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 ability to help write a winning proposal. You know, um, writing a winning proposal is, is something that, that 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 I can help with, and we are also networked with um, through the joint venture that we're a co-owner in. We're networked with uh, 
25 executive level business leaders, all with government experience, who've won billions of dollars in uh, in government contracts. There's also billions of dollars in HubZone and SDVUSB set-asides that are left on the table because the government can't find enough uh, qualified HubZones and SDVUSBs out there that you could front a large business to, to go and pursue some of those uncommitted dollars. I think that's where a lot of large businesses, they they kind of, they don't see the the reciprocal of how they can make money in the small business set aside program and i and i think with your credentials you are ideally set up to go after those very 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 large prime complex set aside contracts because of your corporate maturity um your your business acumen the credentials that you have and the way you've built your company from the ground up to be ultra mature so I, you know, I think you're sitting on a gold mine there, Jeffrey. You're sitting on something that can offer a lot of value to a lot of different people, both in the, you know, the industry side of the house as a partner, and then also with the government as a service provider. Yeah, yeah, I agree. With most uh, government agencies missing their set of, their stated set aside goals, you can do the research on that and and, and see that they they really are missing them. Um, the, there, there's a lot of opportunity for small businesses uh, with certain set aside statuses uh, that if they're focused on on high tech professional services. And according federal w- was put together um, to satisfy that need in the market. And so so we're here to uh, to help with any large government contractors, um, a small business utilization plan. Oh, absolutely. And I, just to kind of. Um... To put a nail in this coffin regarding the small business set aside program and they're missing their goals at the macro level, they're actually exceeding those goals. So if you're a small business getting into federal government contracting, it's never been better. They are not only meeting their goals or exceeding it. It's for those specialty set asides. It's for the hub zones and the SDVOSBs. It's it's where they're missing them because they have specific earmarks for those set aside categories. And I would dare say at least half of the organizations, half of the 24 government organizations that fall under the purview of the small business set-aside program fail to meet one or both of those uh, set-aside category earmarks. And a lot of opportunities to front prime contracts and bring along a big business partner along for the ride um, if you're an SDVOSB or a hub zone. I, it's foolish for me to ask you the you know the question the 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 cliche question where do you see yourself in two three four five years because the trajectory that you're already on is mind boggling you know and in in a handful of years I I really do see you being an industry leader and and you know as a small business and providing that high end uh, service offerings where you're going into a, an enterprise as an elite company and really solving those challenges for, for major DOD federal government organizations. Uh, but I am being kind of presumptuous here. Are you, I'm assuming you are with your background, you know, Naval Academy, your service um, that you're targeting DOD. Are there any other federal government agencies or organizations that you're targeting as well? Uh, yes. You know, it, in addition to the Department of Defense, we're, we're, we're strategically targeting 
the Agency for International Development, including USAID, uh, HHS, Health and Human Services, uh, the Department of Education, NASA, the Department of Energy, and the intelligence community. Even so, you know, at this point in our corporate lifecycle, we're excited to work with any government customer in need of our stated capabilities. Yeah, I, you know, when <laughs> when, when you're starting out, you're you're looking for for past performances, um, and, and I totally get that. And that's a that's a great way to pursue um, your your larger goals as well. Now let's talk a little bit about your experience as an entrepreneur. You know, each one of us, we, we come to the entrepreneurial table, you know, <laughs> you know, taking different paths. Is there any one thing that that you can trace back and you can say, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur when? You know, I hadn't given that a lot of thought, but, you know, uh, something occurred to me just sort of the way you asked that question. Um, back in high school, I, I entered the science fair as a junior and a senior uh, in high in, in high school, I, I entered my local science fair, um, and that wasn't something that was required of 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 students in my high school. So I was, I think the the only student in my class that that participated in the event in the event, and it was entirely voluntary. You know, in high school, I was a pretty serious soccer player and 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 a pretty serious student. So when I wasn't tending to those obligations, you know, I was spending a lot of my time uh, putting together a. a a, a science project that, that touched on physics and material science, uh, things I would later uh, specialize in 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 in, in uh, college at the Naval Academy and and then in graduate school. Um, but but that was sort of entrepreneurship in a way because it was doing something uh, that wasn't required uh, and entirely beyond the norm of, of what my high school classmates were doing. And and I was really really hoping to differentiate myself and, and build uh, build a resume that would help me get into the Naval Academy, and 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 those things were successful. And if you placed in in the uh, first or second in the local fair, you, you got to go to the to, to the international science fair, which is something uh, some high school students have the 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 the, uh, the privilege of participating in. And both years, I, I accomplished that. I finished in the top two both years and, and went on to the international fair where I won some minor awards uh, uh, for my work, um, which was great. But, you know, I didn't think of it as entrepreneurship then, but but really in a way it is. And then, you know, I, I went on, did the military thing, and then finally had a uh, had a real opportunity to to get into entrepreneurship on, you know, in, in terms of business. Uh, in late 2017, when I moved to Chicago and, you know, worked with a business partner to acquire and operate those three three small companies. Now you've done entrepreneurship with three companies, uh, entrepreneurship through acquisition, and you founded and you're leading Accorded Federal. What's what's got to be the most rewarding experience you've had um, as an entrepreneur? Probably just the process of, of putting together three small businesses out there in the Midwest. You know, it, it, it's a satisfying process to go through uh, uh, the full due diligence process for, for 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 three different companies that that had similarities, but also pretty significant dif- differences. Uh, doing that was w- was a great process, and then you know it's also very satisfying to to finish the acquisition and to to move from the uh, you know the the the, the private uh, mic or the I'm uh, sorry the micro private equity deal making phase of the process to actually running the companies and seeing how the companies can be uh, how you can invest in those companies and 
and, 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 and position them for future growth. So I enjoyed all of that. But it's also, you know, since I returned to the East Coast and decided to start Accordant Federal, that's been very rewarding as well. You know, building things from scratch is an entirely different ballgame, but but equally satisfying. And putting those ISO procedures in place really has um, formalized uh, the, the the culture that that I'm I'm working to imbue in, in my company. So so all of it's been 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 varied and great, and uh, I've enjoyed all of it equally. I'd say. You know, there, there's not a lot of, of good role models, in my opinion, out there for the traditional aspiring entrepreneur. If you go to Barnes & Noble, you're going to find a ton of books written by celebrity CEOs who can tell their story about how they cornered the market and, and went global and uh, how they launched their unicorn from their dorm room, you know, back in college before they dropped out. These aren't... <laughs> what 99.999% of real entrepreneurs look like. And that's one of the things that I struggled with when I was trying to launch a company is I couldn't find somebody to emulate or to follow. Again, Barnes and Noble, great and wonderful. If you, if you want to be motivated, you know, find, find a, find a, uh, a motivational, you know, speaker and then read their book. Uh, if you want leadership, you know, there's a ton of books out there by, you know, spec ops people, and they're talking about, you know, their leadership challenges and, and how they overcame them, but not tangible, actionable entrepreneurial advice for, for people who really want to do it. And do, do, you, do you have any advice for aspiring entrepreneurs that are out there that are struggling to find something actionable to, to kind of cling to and, and leverage? Yeah, I think I think my advice would be um, be twofold. First, I, I would say identify what the first step is in in your entrepreneurial process and take that step, and then figure out what the next step after that is and and, and take that and, and continue step by step, and and that will help you from from getting overwhelmed. Um, the second piece of advice is is more is more on the. Uh, more about the entrepreneurial mindset. You know, um, when you're an entrepreneur, you're working for two things. You're, you need your entrepreneurial endeavor to provide uh, income to you and to your family so that you can survive. But also you're working towards equity value, meaning that when you leave, um, you know, w- 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 when you decide it's time to exit your entrepreneurial uh, venture, when it's time to sell your business, there's a large payout uh, at the end of that. You know, when someone buys your business, they pay you a large sum of money to acquire it. Um, if you're if you're if you're in traditional employment, if you're a W two employee for for a company, you know, you get an income, you get wages or a salary. But you know, w- when the job ends, whether you know they they terminate you or whether you decide to leave, you don't leave with you don't leave with anything at that point. Um, so the entrepreneurial mindset really, really needs to be, you know, I need to provide income to, uh, to, to sustain myself, but I'm also working towards building equity value in an asset that I can sell for a large sum, um, when it's, when it's time to move on to the next opportunity. You know, to piggyback a little bit on what you just said, I, I would probably say, you know, be prepared to fail. <laughs> and, and I mean that not in a negative way, but in a positive way. 
And in entrepreneurship, they don't count your failures, they count your, your successes. I tell people that I've won over $2 billion in federal government contracts. Nobody's ever asked me how many I bid on, how many contracts I bid on and didn't win, how many billions of dollars that I, I didn't win. So uh, you got you to gotta swing the bat. So if it takes you nine failures to get that 10th success, nobody cares about the nine failures, you know, and, and I see that that kind of prohibits a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs from taking that first step, that first swing, because they're so scared to fail. Failure is part of the process. Um, I, I, that's, that's my personal opinion. Um, and then before I ask, uh, before I ask you how people can get in, in touch with, uh, with you and to learn more about your company, I just want to make sure that I fully understand and that our listeners fully understand who you are as a company. You are a service-disabled veteran-owned small business, correct? That's right. You are pending HUBZone certification, correct? Correct. You are ISO 9001 certified, correct? Yes. You are ISO 27001 Information Security Management certified, correct? Yes. You are certified compliant with ISO 31000 Risk Management System. That's correct. And you personally bring to the table just an entire wealth of business knowledge, uh, not only in finance um, and traditional business roles and operations, but specifically in federal government contracting, correct? That's right. Buddy, I tell you, if uh, you never say the word unique in this industry, but you have created one of the closest companies I've ever seen to being unique uh, with your personal skill set as the founder and CEO, and then the credentials that your company meets uh, that brings to the table as well. How can somebody learn more about Accordant Federal? So to learn about Accordant Federal, I hope everybody will go and visit our website. It's at accordantfederal.com. You can always reach me directly at Jeff, J-E-F-F, at accordantfederal.com or directly on my cell at 610-823-2123. And, uh, you know, there's also my LinkedIn profile um, where we uh, have a lot of information about Accordant Federal uh, there as well. So just uh, Jeffrey Payne. Um, in the LinkedIn search box ought to lead you to me. Perfect. Well, Jeff, I can't, I can't thank you enough for uh, sharing your insights and your experience and your wisdom with aspiring entrepreneurs uh, who are listening to this podcast. Um, again, you're a wealth of knowledge, and I appreciate you sharing that with us today. Well, thanks, Randy. I really appreciate it. Okay. Talk to you soon.